Be kind. Rewind. This is Dope Nostalgia. Welcome to Dope Nostalgia, episode 78, talking about the rock band Warrant today and all the things that they put out in the 90s. My pal Gruff Gushnowski, who is a radio DJ here in Alberta, is my special guest who has a lot of knowledge about Warrant and he's a huge fan. Perfect person to have this conversation with. I'm going to welcome Gruff onto the show shortly, but before that, we have a little bit of ground to cover. We got a very special email from Ryan John, who wanted to reach out to the show. And he says, hello, Naomi. Hope you're doing well and being safe. I host a daily radio show at the Oneida Settlement, which is 20 miles southwest of London, Ontario. I played your interview with Stu Jeffries of Good Rockin' Tonight on the air. It's my favorite episode. Hearing his voice really brought me back to my youth, and I did shed a tear while I was listening to your interview. Just want to say thank you so much for keeping my youth alive with this particular episode, and keep up the amazing work. Be safe, Ryan. Ryan, that message meant so much to me, and that's why we do this show, just to have those moments. A little bit of nostalgia, sometimes, and especially in trying times, is really fun. So I'm really glad you reached out to me. Thank you so much for your email. Off the presses, you gotta adjust those rabbit ears. You got that antenna pulled up? It's time for some dope nostalgia news. I want you to show some friends of the show some love. Adrian and Chris over at the YouTube channel Rat Tail are right now trying to get to a thousand subscribers. And the big reason is once they hit a thousand, they can live stream on their YouTube channel live from Fenway Park for the big New Kids on the Block show coming up this summer. Head over to youtube.com forward slash rattail and subscribe today. I was checking out the group Net's Instagram page and they recently posted a really cool (laughs) picture of Bart Simpson drawing on the chalkboard, but it says Next by Nature coming soon. So a little uh, alert, it looks like there's a project coming up with Next combined with Naughty by Nature. So good thing to follow. One of our previous guests, Nicholas Walsh, the former lead singer of Slick Toxic and the current singer of the band Famous Underground, has just been releasing a brand new EP, In My Reflection. Should be out right away as their new music video just just dropped as well. It's called The Dark One of Two. Wikipedia Moments. Warrant is an American glam metal band formed in 1984 in Hollywood, Los Angeles that experienced success from 1988 to 1996 with five albums reaching international sales of over 10 million. The band first came into the national spotlight with their double platinum debut album Dirty, Rotten, Filthy, Stinky and Rich and one of its singles Heaven which reached the number one spot in Rolling Stone and number two on the Billboard Hot 100. The band's success continued into the early 90s with the double platinum album Cherry Pie, which provided the hit song of the same name. Following the critically acclaimed gold album Dog Eat Dog, the band started to experience frequent changes to the lineup, and despite the drop in popularity with the arrival of grunge, they released Ultraphobic in 1995 and a successful greatest hits album in 96. The band also changed their musical direction with the release of the grunge-influenced Belly to Belly in 1996, but returned to their roots very quickly by the end of the decade. The band experienced highs and lows in the 2000s with successful tours, a new covers album called Under the Influence, lead singer Jamie Lane leaving, a new album called Born Again with black and blue singer Jamie St. James, 
and a brief reunion of the original lineup. Into the new decade, Janie Lane died of alcohol poisoning. After 30 years, the band is still recording music and performing, now with ex-Lynch Mob lead vocalist Robert Mason. Welcome our friend to the show, Gruff Gushnowski, to talk all things Warrant. All right, well, okay, cool. Gruff, I want to welcome you uh, to Dope Nostalgia. This has been my passion uh, putting this podcast together ever since the pandemic started, even before that. But uh, the timing was right to do something creative at home. And here we are. Well, thank you for having me. This is awesome. I love it. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your career, where you started in radio and to where you are now. So I've been in radio for 30 years. Uh, Went to Nate in Edmonton uh, with the radio and television arts program. I started in a small town called St. Paul, Alberta. Uh, I was there for two years. Then I moved to Medicine Hat, um, where I was working uh, at 1270 Chat there. That was for eight years. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to Lloydminster and helped launch a radio station called The Goat. And that's where uh, I became Gruff Gishnowski, Billy Goat Gruff. Gruff. Yeah, before, before I was Gruff, uh, for 10 years, I was James Richards on the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, James is my real first name. Gishnowski is my real last name. So kind of had the best of both worlds on both names. Uh, from Lloydminster, I went to Ottawa, uh, where I was in Ottawa for only eight months. Um, and then I was uh, offered the job to come uh, to Edmonton to be the program director of K97. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was at K97 for five years. And then at CFCW, I did mornings for a year. Then I went over to Black Gold Broadcasting in Leduc and in uh, Spruce Grove, Stony Plain mm-hmm. for three years. Then I was at Kissin' for one summer, and now I'm uh, working for Stingray Radio, and I oversee all of rural Alberta. Wow. There's yeah. so much moving involved in radio. Can be. Yeah, it can be. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it really it all depends. You, you go where the opportunities are and yeah. where, I mean, it's like anything else. If, if you feel like there's change or you're just not happy or you feel stale in a position, Maybe you look at a different market. Bigger markets are always where you want to end up going. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? It's it's. I wouldn't change a thing. I've had uh, a great career. I love what I do. And I've met and had a chance to work with so many amazing people that uh, just have helped me along in my career. And no, I love I love radio. It's what I, what I feel I was born to do. Yes. Oh, good. I mean, this is great that we finally get to have a chat about this because I mean, I just find the whole lifestyle of, of working and living in radio so interesting. And I always feel for people like, especially when it comes to ratings time, uh, what if you can suddenly go to work the next day and your show is canceled Yeah, or you were moved yeah. somewhere else? Yeah. Um, I mean, let's face it, that could happen to anyone in any industry. I mean, we've seen it through yeah. this pandemic, right? One day you, you have a job, the next day you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the tough thing about radio is, is that people get so emotionally attached and I don't say that's a, that's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing because even as announcers, you get emotionally attached with some of your listeners, like they become really good friends yeah. and, and majority of listeners become really attached to you. And, and we want that. That's what we encourage when it comes to radio. Then when a change does happen, it makes it very, very tough for everybody because it's such a personal connection that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, radio is not a, uh, it's, it's an industry, just entertainment industry, like film, like TV, you know, it, it, sometimes changes have to happen. And I've been on both sides of, of that decision-making. 
Mm -hmm. um, I've had to make some tough decisions being a manager. And then on the other hand, I was on the other side of being laid off. Mm -hmm. So I, I get it. It's uh, a lot of changes can happen, especially with the pandemic and radio has taken a hit Big financially, time. financially. And it's going to take a while for, for all of broadcasting to kind of regain any type of uh, finances from the pandemic. And that's why we're seeing the changes we're seeing now. Mm -hmm. It's uh, and it's not always fair. It's not always, it's fun. It's not right sometimes. Yeah. Um, but you know, these are people that work really hard and did absolutely nothing wrong. And then next day they're without a job, but you know what, when you get into radio, you kind of sign up for that. You know, that mm -hmm. there could be, uh, there's going to be opportunities and for good people that, um, and I have, have had a lot of friends who have lost their jobs. And if they're, I always say, if you're good people, you will find something, something will come for you. Something eventually will, will happen. Yeah. Um, it did for me when I was laid off, good things happen, right? You just, you just try to be positive and work through it. But yeah, radio can be a, a tough demanding career for sure. Well, I'm really happy to have you here, especially because um, we've been Facebook friends for a while. We have. But we've never actually had to sit and chat. And nope. I thought, what better opportunity than to talk about some cool 90s music that you were a huge fan of. I didn't know much about this band, to be quite honest. Well, I, and there's one of the bands where, and I remember, because you sent me a list and go, here's some bands maybe we're thinking of and the ones we've already done. And and I'm thinking, how do I just pick one? I think you even messaged you. Do I just pick one or can we talk <laughs> about multiple? Because there's so many awesome ones. Yeah, Warrant is um, is a band un cursed, but yet not cursed because they've been very extremely successful in their careers, uh, cursed by one song. And how many times have we seen that from an artist or, or um, a band? You know, you get that huge hit and that's all people know you about for. Is this a comparable? I'm going to guess that the hit would be Heaven. Oh, no, no, no. No, because I cherry was thinking, is you think, cherry okay, pie. so it's Cherry Pie. Because so, I was thinking it might be Heaven, the ballad. Well, okay, now Heaven, in my mind, is the synonym signature warrant song there there that was the song that made me fall in love with these guys mm -hmm. cherry pie is whenever i would say to anyone warrant they'd be like is that cherry pie <laughs> yeah. those cherry pie guys or if i would list off you know heaven uncle tom's cabin you know the down boys they'd be like huh? and i go cherry pie oh yeah warrant yeah so and, and we'll talk more about this about how that that unfortunate um unfortunately also led Janie lane down a pretty dark path mm -hmm. um which he was already kind of on and that kind of just added to it so it's uh but warren i gotta tell you you're they are phenomenal lovely musicianship stuff. yeah when you were saying look, they suffer from that thing where you're known for the one hit, I was thinking maybe it was like what happened to Extreme where they put out a ballad, but none of the other things that they do sound like that. Well, and you know what? Another one, perfect. That's actually a great example. Yeah, more than words. Totally not what Extreme is. And not that Extreme is that extreme, but compared to more than words, absolutely. If you were expecting nothing but kind of the softer edged music, you weren't going to get that with Extreme. Mm -hmm. uh, and another band, you're right, that just 
are phenomenal. Like yeah. I, I encourage anyone once you're done listening to this is to go listen to play with me from <laughs> the very first extreme album and Nuno on guitar is just mind blowing that, that whole song. He is just on fire. It's a prodigy. <laughs> yeah. oh, he was amazing. He was amazing. But that's why I was thinking about the song Heaven, because I thought also in the uh, the opera Rock of Ages, the the theater production, they mash up those two songs, Heaven and More Than Words, into one tune. <laughs> See, but I, I often wonder if if people that would have seen, mind you, I guess the people would have saw Rock of Ages and really liked it, would it be people that lived in that time? But even if people didn't live in that era, they might remember the song, but they won't remember who sang it. Yeah. You know, and that, that's just, I mean, that, that, that happens. But I can tell you, if, if I say Cherry Pie, maybe the bandit, or if I say Warren, <laughs> Cherry Pie, they'll be, oh yeah, Cherry Pie. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the song. Song. Do you think? Do you do you contribute a lot of? That? <laughs> do you contribute a lot of that to the video's popularity? Oh yeah, for sure, absolutely. It was. I mean, we're talking what it came out like late '89, early '90, MTV heyday, just before grunge. Everything was big hair and scantily clad women, and you know, mm -hmm. fast cars and motor, you know, Motley Cruise riding motorcycles and. You know, it was very, very uh, machismo, if that's uh, mm -hmm. safe to say. So, yeah, the video definitely. And it's just, let's face it, it's mindless schlock, which at the time is what people wanted. Yes. Right. That the whole the whole 80s hard rock scene was we don't we were tired of people were tired of the protest songs and the, you know, rock having its meaning. They wanted mindless, fun rock and roll to listen to almost similar to when rock and roll first started and all those mindless fun at the hop and you know rocking around the clock mm -hmm. that was kind of what the 80s hard rock was i feel that although music is cyclic cyclical i think that's the word yeah. um maybe it's that way with genre as well but really with mood so 
there's a time where we we need some uplifting, fun, happy music, and that'll go for a long phase. And then all of a sudden, especially in the 80s and 90s, it was just going up and down on a wave. Because then, then you get into like the early 90s and grunge hits and everything's so serious, right? And dark for a while. And then it comes out of it again at the early, end of the 90s, back into the happy times. You're you're seeing and a lot more now if you what was the song it was the like just on the new Foo Fighters album too the very last song on the album but it just has that 80s melodic rock and roll sound to it that just makes you feel good right and you're right absolutely everything happens in cycles and you know the 80s were a very me time it was a very you know I want to live my life to the fullest and damn the consequences type of thing Mm -hmm. um and then the 90s came and it was tired of this. We have problems. We have issues. We got things that we need to talk about, you know, that, you know, cherry pie just isn't going to cut it for us anymore. We need yeah. to be, we need to be, we're more than that. And then now I think, uh, I think, especially with the pandemic, I think you're going to, it's not so much the seriousness. I think it's just now it's the acceptance. It's the inclusiveness. I think it's the being together. Uh, community that we're going to see and we already are seeing in music Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean especially I know with with uh, Hot AC and CHR like pop music uh, for a long time now you've been seeing more self-love more being encouraging to one another more you know no more bullying that all kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, where you know maybe five six seven years ago we may not have seen so much of that we're going to see a lot more of that as as this rolls on and in the last few years, there's been a lot of collaborations. Uh, collaborations used to be a really special event uh, that didn't happen that often, but now they're commonplace. Uh, in pop music, absolutely. It's like I can keep track of who's featured and with who on this and, you know, yeah. wrote one word and is getting a credit for it and, or sang one word. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I think now the big thing with collaborations, and, you, and I think it goes back to what we just talked about, is that, you know, sense of we're together, the, the coming together, we're working together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now the pandemic has shown, and it was going that way long before the pandemic, but now it just kind of maybe shows how easy it is for people to sing together without actually being sometimes in the same continent. Yes. Technology, like technology has changed that much on the fly that now you can record pretty like being in a studio, mm-hmm. you know, and someone could be across the, the Atlantic or the Pacific. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Well, yeah, it's like that was my memories of Warrant was definitely the fact that they were, <coughs> excuse me, fun time party. Oh, yeah. They Uncle Tom's Cabin time. was a big deal of a song, the one that kicked off the album Cherry Pie. So the the story was, is that was supposed to be the title of the album, was supposed to be Uncle Tom's Cabin. Mm-hmm. And it was a yeah pretty dark song. And it it kind of... It, it was released and came out before any type of grunge, but you almost, if you hear, go back and like, uh, did they kind of sense something was coming down and they wanted to show off their little deeper? I honestly, I just think it went exactly, um, they just got to the point where like, listen, we can write better than this. Janie's like, I can write better than this. Mm-hmm. I can write better than, I mean, Heaven was pretty, pretty good lyrically though. That was like, you. that's one of the most ultimate love songs that you could ever write. It was amazing. Oh yeah. Um, and then you go into Uncle Tom's Cabin, and I think it was just trying to grow a little bit more. 
if I remember correctly, he was going through a really bad divorce at the time too, mm-hmm. um, uh, with his wife, Bobby Brown. So he was in a, maybe a bit of a darker place too, as, as we slowly saw his, his mental health and addictions kind of get away with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so the album was supposed to be called uncle Tom's cabin. That was going to be the lead single. Uh, they recorded the whole entire album take it into the record company and the record company looks and goes, listen, there's, there's no hits here. Wow. We need a hit. We want something anthemic. We want something that's going to blow the roof off. In 15 minutes, Janie Lane wrote cherry pie. <laughs> I just threw it together. Threw it together. Here's, here's the schlock you need. Here's, here's exactly what, and it was almost like, and, and, and if you, if you ever get a chance to watch uh, some of the interviews that Janie did, he was just like, it was almost like, there's no way they're going to get us to record this. Like, this is just so schlocky and show bad and so stereotypical and every, you name it is in there. There's no way they're, they're going to go for this. It was almost as a joke. Right. And they took it seriously. And then they, it was the number. It went out as the first single. The album's named Cherry Pie. And then Janie even goes on in one of the interviews. He's like, "Next thing you know, I'm judging Cherry Pie contests. I'm ju-, like, he's just everything was Cherry Pie, Cherry Pie, Cherry Pie, and Warrant." And he literally, that was. Uh, there was an interview that I saw of him, and it just broke my heart. And I didn't realize how much it affected him. But he goes, "I can go down in history with writing the worst rock song ever." That's what he, that's in his mind, that's the part of the darkness he was in that just added to the the downward spiral. So everyone knows you for the song that you despise writing and not for the songs that you're proud of. Yeah. And that would piss me off as an artist. And I can see why he would go to that dark place. Absolutely. And the more you, if, if, um, the more you kind of read Janie, there was a lot, a lot of darkness there in, in his, in not so much the first album not really there second album you get a kind of a glimpse in some of the stuff and then by the time dog eat dog came out yeah it was but that was grunge that was the whole scene at that time right mm. so it was it was kind of their answer to warn as grungy as they could be even though they got a bit grungier a couple albums later on which we won't talk about because it was horrible they're not a grunge but they're just not a grunge they're not a grunge band they're a no. hard rock band and they were trying too hard but um so I was recently reading uh, the uh, autobiography of Bobby Brown, Janie's uh, ex-wife. And apparently Janie, before he passed, he confessed to her that he was sexually abused by a veteran hard, member of a veteran hard rock band when he was first starting out on the Hollywood strip. Mm-hmm. But of course he didn't want to say anything to anyone because you know, men, we don't talk about that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. now, that's her words why would she make that up I don't like I don't know enough like to me why would you make something like that up um Janie never publicly said that to anyone but that would explain a lot of the darkness that and and that he was going going through Mm -hmm. Um, and of course let's face it in the, the hard rock guys in the 80s and early 90s uh drug alcohol abuse all of that whole lifestyle like it's 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 a sad story but it happens far too often to quite a huge majority there's a lot of guys who didn't make it out of that time and Janie was one of them 
even he passed away i think it was like 2003 i think it was in the 2000s um but he never fully recovered from from all of that it was from alcohol poisoning mm-hmm. eventually at 47 yeah just young young that's very young yeah still I was had shocked when i heard that yeah. i mean if you think of warrant if you know what what stands out for warrant like they're they're not really a guitar based band even though their guitarist like eric was awesome and and the lead guitarists were always great but really it was the lyrics and the melody that stand out that made warrant great and that was Janie. Mm-hmm. that was the genius of it If the moon and stars should fall, they'd be easy to replace. I would lift you up to heaven, and you would take their place. When I saw them, when I opened up the door, I saw them. My heart just spilled onto the floor, and I didn't. I saw yours, I saw red and I closed the door. They're one of the few bands from the hair metal era that actually did try to record grunge when grunge was big. Cause most of them just were like either throwing in the towel and saying, we don't want to do this. This is ruining our lives or still trying to put out a hair metal album in 1994, you know? <laughs> yeah. so, they're one of the few that actually tried to roll with it and change their sound to get airplay. Yeah, and you know what? It was I always sit there and I go, all the all those '80s bands had some sort of grunge record, even though we wouldn't call them grunge. But they they, they just changed enough that <laughs> yeah. you're like, okay, we get what you're trying to do, even though there was yeah. it didn't sound anything like you know Nirvana. No no more harmony guitar solos. Yeah, like, I mean- uh, and, They're wearing plaid all of a sudden. Oh yeah, well, yeah, I don't think a lot of them went that far yet. But uh, I remember Def Leppard came out with slang mm-hmm. and that was their answer to grunge as that was Def Leppard's answer. It's and so grungy to me, I love slang. It was a great album, wasn't it? Yeah, It was I phenomenal, love it. I love the direction they were going. And, and, <laughs> but the, the mass uh, public did not care for it as much as you and I did, which mm-hmm. is unfortunate. But time, if you if, again, another one of those Def Leppard albums, you may have in a, your collection and just forget about it because it's not one that's always top of mind. Mm-hmm. But I, they just, I think it was, I can't remember what, it was an anniversary edition came out. And so there was, it kind of made me want to go back and listen to it again. And I'm like, yeah. you know what? This is a really good album. Mm-hmm. So that, I, like I said, all band, all those bands did a, grunge-esque I guess you could say out like you knew what they were trying to do but some worked some didn't but you're right the 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 album that Warren put out sounded like Pearl Jam it sounded well an attempt at sounding like Pearl Jam like Warren could it was way too uh, obvious oh absolutely yeah and it just wasn't again if I'm going to go to listen to a Warren album 
I have certain expectations mm -hmm. and that definitely wouldn't have met my expectations. Didn't um, even sound like the same band. No, I did, it, it wasn't the band that I, that I liked. Right. I mean, I can, I can get what they were going for. Not my favorite album of theirs though. Um, you know, you always look at, uh, take a band like ACDC. Why are they so successful after all these years? And yeah, they've had highs and lows, but I mean, mm -hmm. They're going to sell out the next time that they go on tour and their albums are going to, despite having any big hits in the past, yeah. I don't know how many years, but you know what you're going to get from them. And that's why people love them. And I think a lot of the, the bands from that time era kind of forgot that. And I get the pressure of it. You're trying to, it's a tough living, man. You got to, you know, when's the next hit? It's not what you've done for me. What have you done for me lately? Is You know, that, that type of mentality. Mm -hmm. um, but then now you notice all of them are going back to what made them so successful because that's what people want. Yeah. When I listen to a Warrant album, I want melodic guitars. I want those. I don't want to have to think too hard about what the lyrics mean. Um, I, I'm not saying I'm not opposed to that, but I don't want to hear every song like that. I want those power ballads. I want yeah. those great vocals. And because that takes me back to when I was a kid. Yeah. Some escapism. Escapism. Nostalgia. It's huge. Oh, nostalgia is huge right now. Huge. And I think that like the 90s are far enough gone now that they are becoming brought back in many ways. And I always hoped there would have been a resurgence of a hair metal era. And I thought the darkness was going to be part of that. But then it never really exploded from them. They came kind of came out like a novelty act almost. Yeah. The darkness. Yeah. yeah, no, no, they were totally novelty. And I think that's why that they weren't taken seriously. Mm -hmm. You know, they were getting more play on hot AC stations than they were on rock stations. Mm -hmm. Because rock stations are like, this is a joke, right? These guys are, these are, these guys are real. Okay. That <laughs> falsetto, really? That's okay. Yeah, no, that's uh um, there is still a, uh, a healthy community for, for eighties hard rock. It's, uh, will it ever, but you know what now, nowadays eighties hard rock is classic rock. Yep. You know? And so maybe it, it's getting lumped in with your Zeppelins now and your, and your Sabbaths and your deep purples. Mm -hmm. It's no longer, you know, that, that was that their music and here's the eighties. This is new and fresh. And then it was like, Oh, it was hair metal. It was terrible. Now it's like Def Leppard. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's like Led Zeppelin. Yeah. You know, it's just getting to that point that it's all going to be lumped together as classic rock. And the more years pass, everything will go down that path and then it'll be all convoluted and <laughs> we're going to we're gonna have to call something. We're going to have to call Led Zeppelin and the Beatles and we're going to have to call Holdies. them all something different. All these. Actually, I don't, you know what? That's one thing that we've always in radio, we've always wondered, like, how do you attack the nineties? Cause the nineties were such a diverse decade. Mm -hmm. So in the seventies, your top 40 could feature and for almost half of the eighties, your top 40 could feature an R&B song and feature a country song. You could have, you know, something like Quiet Riot, uh, Come On, Feel the Noise, and then into a Bee Gees. That could be your top Disco. 40s. Yeah, it yeah. could be a little bit of everything because that's what it was. And then as the 80s went on, we saw different charts being happening in Billboard, right? It was no longer just the top 40 and that was it. Mm -hmm. It was now it's the, you know, pop 
top 40 and then it was the rock top 40 and the country top. So every, we started the diversification. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's really tough to play something from the nineties going into something from the seventies, eighties, seventies. Cause we all grew up with that kind of, if, especially um, if you were in the Edmonton area, six thirty Ched was a powerhouse. It played all that stuff. Right. Oh, yeah. it, so that's what, if you hear it back, back to back to back now it's like oh yeah it all sounds like it fits then you throw nirvana in there and it's like oh where did this come from whoa okay you know so it's it's yeah. a tricky thing so that's why i think that that classic rock is always going to be your zeppelins your uh, beatles your stones your deep purples um and i think we're gonna you know we can add now def leppard bon jovi uh, White Snake, uh, Scorpions, and all these, uh, you know, these 80s bands into there. I don't know if we'll ever be able to put Pearl Jam, Nirvana, or uh, yeah, Stone Temple Pilots, and consider them classic rock. I'm saying you could, we could play them with them, but I'm just saying mm -hmm. if you truly said, what is classic rock? I don't think Pearl Jam will ever come out of anyone's mouth. I agree. I just feel they're in a category all their own and always will be. Because they Grunge? did something Absolutely. different yes. to music. Yeah. Yeah. that hadn't existed yet yeah. and everyone that I think a lot of people at the time either loved it or hated it, it I don't think there was really an in-between yeah I think uh you know what it was into because so when Nirvana came out I just started in country radio mm. which <laughs> just yeah oh country guy listening to all this hard I love I love all kinds of music so it doesn't doesn't matter to me mm. but uh I remember when Nirvana came out I just thought this is just so cool <laughs> it's so different and it's so hard like it was so heavy in your face mm -hmm. right which I kind of felt lacking a little bit in some of my favorite bands. Um, I think it was getting a little too poppy in, in, some, of the, in some of the cases. Mm. Um, so I think, but to me, I never considered it as, okay, well, I really like Nirvana. I really like Pearl Jam. Uh, I don't like Def Leppard anymore. I don't like Bon Jovi anymore. I don't like, like I still loved all my, I loved all of them. I loved yeah. them all. Um, I think it was just that generation that were younger than me that were like, come on, like I get the whole cherry pie and the lick it up and all this other stuff going on. Um, but my life sucks. Mm. You know, I, I'm, I'm living on the streets half the time. They needed someone like Nirvana and Pearl Jam to talk to these kids because they realized these kids are not having a good childhood. Something that they felt represented them because. Yeah, exactly. Because well, they didn't have. times didn't. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They couldn't yeah. relate to. You know, staying up all night drinking and doing coke and, and having all these beautiful women around them. You know, I mean, it's just like that's such not it's not our lives. It probably made a lot of people feel that they could be the ones to pick up a guitar and make something of themselves yeah. and make their own garage band. Guarantee it. Guarantee how many people um, as soon as they heard and saw Kurt Cobain in the Smells Like Teen Spirit video said, Geez, that could be me. Yeah. I can't understand a word he's saying. <laughs> I like what he's saying, but I really don't quite understand. I got to get the lyrics out. Yeah. But the intensity and the anger, I, I can relate to that. Mm. He looks like me. You know, he, he does not, he's not all done up with, you know, and strutting on a big stage or anything. So, yeah, I bet you tons of, oh, millions of people picked up a guitar because of the grunge.
and it really affected. That's why it was so deep. It cut people so deep when he passed. Yeah. Cause they had that personal um, affinity with him. He was like the, he was the grunge John Lennon is mm-hmm. what I always like to call him because it's that's, he changed, even though it wasn't just him, mm-hmm. but he, they were the first ones out of the gate that got that superstardom with, with Nevermind and with, with that one song. Um, and, and so I think people just look to him as lead us. You're our yeah. leader, you know? <sighs> Darling, I know you're sleeping But there's something that I've just got to say I wonder if you'll hear me while you're dreaming You make a lifetime out of every day Thanks to you now I We'll be right back. Podcasting is so much fun, but it's kind of expensive too. We got to pay for stuff like licensing fees, hosting fees, long distance phone calls, etc., etc. You get the drill? Okay. Well, we have a new thing called Patreon. Now, Dope Nostalgia has a Patreon account where you can subscribe to premium content. And what that means for you is for the very low starting price of $1 a month, you'll be able to get the podcast two days in advance of the regular release. Not only that, $3 a month, you get exclusive video content just for you guys to check out bonus stuff all the time that you don't get with the regular show. So check it out, patreon.com slash dope nostalgia. Become a subscriber today and get all the good perks. This is Brooke. And this is Nikki. And this is my so-called whatever. Hey. Hey guys, we're in 80s and 90s slash NKOTV podcast. That's new kids on the block if you didn't know that. We're here to share your stories. Yeah. And ours. Yeah. And uh, have a good time. Have a great time. Let's be nostalgic. Talk about what it was like growing up. In the 80s and the 90s. Talk about what we were wearing, the music we were listening to, the, the bands mo- we liked. The movies we watched. The TV shows. All the pop culture stuff. All of that stuff. That's what we talk about on this podcast. So, And a heavy helping of New Kids on the Block. Yeah, so, but here's the thing. If you aren't a New Kids on the Block fan, that's okay. Because we flip-flop between the topics each week so we do a new kids on the block episode one week which we call the block party and then we do a 80s 90s 90s. episode so which is 80s and 90s yeah and we welcome you to listen to one or the other or all yeah join us be our guest be our our guest. guest thanks
Thanks. Bye. can't concentrate. It's over, Rock. Now that it's over, just give me something to drink. There ain't nothing on ice to the Seder now. Let me brisk I say, eh? Except maybe this. And Balboa needs a miracle. Yo, that's brisk, baby. Get in there. <laughs> some of that for sequel. If you were to... Now, I love, especially if you're in radio, you probably get a little tired of the singles all the time. I love deep cuts. Me too. On an album. I like the singles and I like the deep cuts though, yeah. Yeah, like uh, if you were to pick a deep cut from example, Cherry Pie, which one would it be? Well, and I, I really like their version of Train Train from Blackfoot. Um, I just, I just think that's such a cool song overall. And I really like the, the kind of energy and the crunch they gave it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that one, I, to me also just, I saw, I don't, it's not a deep cut, but I saw red, I thought was just a powerful, just a powerful song, mm-hmm. but uh, I'd probably go train train if I had to pick one that I just sit there and go, yeah, this is all, I, you, you, it's a song you have to crank. <laughs> nice okay i'll have to check that out yeah i did listen to the uh, dog eat dog album a bit last week um and i always remembered that oh the bitter pill this bitter was pill. a single yeah and i absolutely adore it i think it's it a was song. it's a great it's again one of those albums that kind of got lost it was right at the time when nirvana was coming out in pearl jam and stone temple pilots everyone else in chains everyone's all coming out Mm-hmm. And uh, Janie Lane said this. So when Cherry Pie came out, he goes walking into the record company's offices and there's this big, you know, uh, poster, Cherry Pie, Warrant, out in stores, all this stuff. And he's thinking, you know, living life pretty good. They release Dog Eat Dog. He goes walking into the same offices and all he sees is Allison Chain's posters. Yeah. You know, and he, so he knew right then he goes, yeah, this, we're done. He just said, we're done. Uh, and and the, the album was it's it again if you go back it, at the time it again just wasn't it didn't get a lot of number one a lot of exposure here in in Canada a whole bunch like mm-hmm. it didn't and you knew the record company was not backing that a lot um, now going back it's some pretty decent tunes on there it's it's oh yeah it's not as, as strong an album as Cherry Pie I think Cherry Pies is their minus the the title track uh, i think is their best album um but uh, i yeah doggy dogs a, is a is a nice listen to to go back i yeah it was a little bit heavier yeah um, i think there's a little bit more instrumentation i just quite enjoyed it um i noticed around that time that there was a huge turnover going from then on out with band members i'm looking at the list on wikipedia of past oh, band members there's been 20 people in that band well, let's face it. They're uh, like a lot of bands from that time lane. There was uh, <laughs> a lot of substance abuse, yeah. a lot of trauma, a lot of, you never know what was going to be going on behind the scenes, right? Uh, everyone was dealing with their own issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then when Janie finally decided to leave, uh, you know, they got in a new, uh, new singer and, and put out a couple of albums after uh, Janie passed. Mm-hmm. but uh, yeah i mean you know what it's 
if we were to go look at like the rat members of rat let's say or members of any of these like la guns faster pussycat you're gonna see such a turnover from like 1992 to whatever they're doing now yeah and it's just simply because guys either couldn't either their demons were catching up to them and their addictions got so bad they decided you know either you're fired or they went and just quit and, and got help they weren't making any money mm-hmm. so you know i gotta go do something else mm-hmm. um i think it was ricky rocket from poison when poison had their little hiatus he was like building surfboards or something like he goes yeah this is what i, I thought i was going to be doing this for the rest of my life and then poison gets back together and they have a nice little but he goes that's what he was doing because he goes, we were getting nothing there was no concerts like we could we'd have to go on the road for next to nothing and it wasn't even worth our time and they weren't nostalgic yet not yet no they weren't every and very few people wanted anything to do with that version right because it was taboo or it just was you know no one listened to that anymore and then slowly as the 2000s started happening again we saw more and more reunion tours and you know cruises and and all, all sorts of different uh Oh, the cruises are awesome. Everyone's doing cruises. Well, not right now, but <laughs> not right now. And, hey, you wonder though, and I, I, I you wonder, are people going to go on them anymore? I want to go on the Monsters of Rock cruise and I want to go on the New Kids on the Block cruise. I want both those cruises. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> now the, so Monsters of, the Monsters of Rock tour, is that the one that has like newer bands too? I believe or is that- so. Okay, because I think um, there's, friends- I know there's one that's really retro, and then there's one that's like, oh, Shiprocked is is newer newer band. Okay, maybe that's the one because my friends yeah. from Lloyd Minster that go there and like they'll see you know Five Finger Death Punch or all these you know uh, Avenged Sevenfold, and they get pictures and they're hanging out with them. I'm like these guys are awesome! Wow, yeah. they go on these cruises. They yeah, and you get like to know the bands like they yeah. actually are hanging out with the crowd and partying and what an experience that would be it would be it would be but i don't i don't know the whole boat thing oh yeah have you ever been on a cruise before i have not i have not and i have people that love it and i've heard people say it's not everything it's cracked up to be i think it's all your own personal experience i'm afraid of of being sick that would be my big thing and just claustrophobic with the crowds like, I mean, and you don't have a finite space. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, if there's a lot of people on deck on a beautiful day and you're trying to, you know, like a sardine. And yeah. I'm just assuming that's the case. Maybe that's totally not the experience, but that would be my fear as well. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's worth trying. My sister's like obsessed with going on cruises, but she doesn't go on like the uh, the band or music type of cruise. It's just a regular carnival cruise uh, just, type deal. princess. Just, say that she goes on the disney cruise we it's no shame not yet it, it was a family idea that we might do that I, as a family one day when the oh, kids are older what? yes go kids get older forget that go now <laughs> when Disney's... kids get older so they remember it oh okay well i think they're they the right could... age now okay but, there you go so disney cruise, cruise. <laughs> disney cruise <laughs> next year this time disney cruise
Sometimes I'm lost and Sometimes I feel turned inside out. I'm often silent when I'm screaming inside. Instead of love, we tend to hate. Never quite appreciate how much the other person cares or tries. Hold me close, do not. I was thinking too, when I was talking about all the past band members, um, do you think it's a bad idea to ever replace the singer of a band? Like, oh. like Skid Row has, like Warrant did, like even Queen has done. Do you always think that the singer is that important that it's not even the same band anymore when they do that? I guess it, it all depends on the band it all depends on the singer it all depends on the sound moving forward mm -hmm. um i mean you look at i mean acdc was probably more successful with brian johnson than they were with bon scott it works sometimes uh, it, yeah uh sammy hagar taking over van halen they sold more albums with uh sammy than they did with dave that's wild um you know but then you're right you look at a band like warrant when janie left Never, but I mean, was that really just because of Janie or is it just because Warrant maybe, again, I, I go back to the, the curse of the one song. It's just like, are they almost like, oh, we don't want Warrant, we don't want to do anything to do with that. Mm -hmm. um, it, it really all depends. I mean, we, we've seen a band like Foreigner, for example. Ooh, uh, yeah. Foreigner has, depending on the show, Mick Jones is the only original member and he only plays so many shows a year back when they were touring. So it all depended on the show. If you were actually going to see anyone who was original from Foreigner, but yet people bought tickets, went out and saw them. They performed great. They sound just like Foreigner, mm -hmm. but you know, and they still put on a great show, but none of those guys were actually in Foreigner. Right. Uh, when Foreigner was Foreigner. Um, so, you know, in a case like that, I guess it, it Seriously, it really does depend on the band. Mm. Motley Crue, when they uh, when they put out Motley Crue, which was a phenomenal album, had they been called anything else than Motley Crue, that album would have taken off. Wow, John Karabi, right? That's who was John the singer at that time. Fantastic early '90s rock album phenomenal they could have called that anything else it would have been way more successful but again in your mind it's motley crew what am i want i want girls 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 kickstart my heart well that album sounded nothing like motley crew and if it, they don't keep the motley crew name they can't go on tour with the new singer and do any old songs yeah i, I and honestly i'd have to go back and see if that was their call or the label's call mm -hmm. um because when so what was it? it? Was Ozzy Osbourne? When Ozzy did Blizzard of Oz, the, the, it was supposed to be Blizzard of Oz was the name of the group, with Ozzy fronting it. 
It oh. wasn't Ozzy Osbourne. It was Blizzard of Oz. Okay. How, whatever happened at their label, they thought Ozzy was a bigger name than the group. So let's put Ozzy out there, Blizzard of Oz. Um, Tony Iommi did an album with Glenn Hughes, just wanted to call it Tony Iommi. They wanted it as a solo album. They said, no, you got to release it as Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Um, when Black Sabbath um, did uh, Born Again with Ian Gillen, uh, they thought we should just not call it Black Sabbath because there's no you know, pre-notions of what we're going to sound like. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember reading the book uh, by Ted Temple and uh, the producer for Van Halen. He was adamant that they changed the name Van Halen to something else when Sammy took over. He even said, call it Van Hagar. He goes, that would be awesome. <laughs> Everyone does, right? Everyone called it Van Hagar. I still do, yep. Yeah, and they kept it as Van Halen, um, which obviously, you know, turned out to be a pretty good idea mm-hmm. on Van Halen's part. But it, it really all depends on, on, the, on the band. And if you are going to make a sub- substantial change, do you just not call it the same band mm-hmm. like do you ever call a rolling stones album done by the rolling stones if if uh mick jagger wasn't singing i don't know Absolutely if i could call not. it i don't think i could call it a rolling stones album no he's Even too though, important to the whole image the sound the look everything he's too yeah. important to it like guns and roses without axel I don't think I don't think you could call it. And I don't think legally they can call it. <laughs> I think he owns the rights. But I'm just saying. Yeah. I don't think if you heard a Guns N' Roses album without without Axel, or even the other way around when they were talking about Axel doing an album with ACDC. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't know if I would call that ACDC. Like, like I would just I would call it something else. When I imagined him singing for ACDC, I didn't have high expectations, but he was phenomenal. And the thing is, I always thought Axl Rose's voice was going to give out by this time just because he never sang properly. Like he didn't support his breath right. He just kind of, you know, it all came tight out of his throat the way it did. But I saw them when they were in Edmonton last when it was GNR and I was mind blown at how good he sounded. I've only seen like videos on YouTube uh, Mm -hmm. when he was with ACDC and I'm the same way. I'm thinking. I don't know, Axel, ACDC, <laughs> I'm not sure. And then the videos I saw him was like, wow, he's pulling this off. This is pretty good. Um, and then the fact that they all finally got back together, which was phenomenal, and hopefully we'll have new music by them maybe by end of the year, knock on wood. Yeah. That would be awesome. Um, they do, you know, I hope they can be like the Eagles, where they just finally realize, listen, we don't have to like each other mm-hmm. off the stage, but for that hour and a half we're on the stage, we can do magic and make a crap load of money. <laughs> so yeah. let's go out and do it. Let's and just do it. Once, once we're done, whatever. We don't have to hang out. We go our separate ways. We could have separate dressing rooms. As long as everyone's in agreement on that, mm-hmm. let's go make some magic. Because they're better together than they are apart. You don't know how many times I will do a show about another rock band, specifically about that band, and I'll talk about either Motley Crue or Guns N' Roses. <laughs> Almost every time they get brought up because it's just all part of the package of that time and we're, oh. we're discussing it. So they always get mentioned. Well, d- d- two of the biggest bands from that era, mm-hmm. if not the biggest bands from that, that would truly represent that whole 80s hard rock. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you, you saw a kind of Motley Crue that went through all sorts of phases and then you had that last kind of 
ditch effort from the 80s of Guns N' Roses to kind of keep that, you know, thing, keep things rolling. Did Warren get the critical respect that they deserved? Uh, not after Cherry Pie. That ruined the rest of it for them. I, I think it did, yeah. What about the, the first album? First album, I think, did, I think it was, I, I it was probably, it, I had mixed reviews. I would probably put it if I had to, I'm sure some just thought, oh, here we go, another hair band, here we, you know, yeah. nothing really new here. And there really wasn't anything new per se, other than what I really liked about it was just the melodies and, and I mean, heaven had me hooked, right? That was yeah. when that came out, that was just the song that just like, and it was the year that I was, I graduated. I was moving from my small town to Edmonton, first time on my own, mm. got the, you know, dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking rich uh, cassette, pop it in the vehicle, drive and listen to heaven isn't too far away. <laughs> so it just was, you know, it just was a culmination of, 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 how great that album was that, but, but I think, and I think people respected that mm -hmm. and then, but there's other people that probably thought nothing new here. Mm -hmm. Warrant white lion, you know, you, you can go down the name of all kind of those late eighties bands that were trying to. Good tunes, but we're not breaking any ground here. Yeah, exactly. You know what? And, and to be honest, that's kind of how I feel with Warren. I mean, I love them, but there was, there was nothing overly special. Like it wasn't anything like, you know, I've got, you know, oh yeah, they should be in the rock and roll hall of fame. Um, but I still love them. I still will listen to them and I still have tremendous memories listening to them. Did you used to buy metal edge and circus magazines? Uh, not metal edge circus. We used to always get them hand me down. Yeah. Because when I was growing up a small little town, uh, hour and a half East of Edmonton, so we didn't have, you know, the confectionery with the magazines. And if we did, we certainly weren't getting circus there. I'll tell you that. Uh, so anytime, any, like the nearest record store was like two hours away. And then, you know, stuff like circus, someone would have got a copy from an older brother, you know, and, or they would have bought it when they were in Edmonton, some maybe Sam, the record man and brought it back. And that was actually the first time that I ever heard of, of, uh, uh, Motley Crue was reading Circus Magazine when they were opening for Ozzy and just the debauchery that was going. And of course, I'm 13, mm -hmm. 12, 13. And I'm, oh, they, they snorted ants. This is like, oh, like you just think it's the, the wildest thing ever. <laughs> um, and uh, so that was kind of, yeah. So we never, no, I didn't get a lot of circus. And then when I got a little older, I started, I did get a subscription to Rolling Stone Magazine. But then Rolling Stone became too political and stop focusing on music uh, so much. So I'm just like, man, yeah. I'm time to cancel that. That's fine. Rolling Stone was a little too grown for me. That's how I felt about it. Like I wasn't quite there yet mentally at that time to be <laughs> reading remote Rolling Stone. I was bop, teen beat, tiger beat, all of that for oh, a long time. Wrong with that. Oh, I am not, I don't feel a sense of guilt about any of it. Good, I awesome, it. you shouldn't. And then, and then it was like, all of a sudden I was buying Metal Edge every month and I lived in a small town, but we did have a Mac store. So we did get oh, magazines see, you're bigger, you're bigger than Innisfree. Innisfree didn't even have a Mac store. We had no confectionery. No, we did. We had a little, like a little grocery store area, but, and of course, magazines. The, yeah, but they didn't have magazines. Again, if they did, it wasn't circus. <laughs> mm -hmm. but i think metal edge was really popular with the female fans too because it was just so full of like pinups and stuff oh, like, maybe it, yeah and i think like they, they kind of catered more to a female audience possibly like the hard rock did at towards the end of the 80s it was yeah. definitely getting a lot more 
poppier and that's how I I found out about all of these guys through Metal Edge. Yeah. Oh, you would have for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's how I learned about all of them. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I actually wanted to get the editor of Metal Edge magazine to come on the show one time and see what she's up to. I'm 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 trying to pursue her to to come on. That would be pretty cool. Stories she could tell. Oh, Oh my! Back then, the journalists go on the road with the bands. As long as they can remember. Yeah. (laughs) The big thing. That would be so cool. It would be pretty cool. I did ride. I did ride on a tour bus once. Yeah. From Lloydminster to Vermilion. Who was it with? Joshua's Habit, which actually has new. They were a local band from Lloydminster and Calgary. Uh, Trav Pank, who's a really good friend of mine. They got a new album coming out too. There's a little plug for you, Trav. There's a little plug for you, buddy. Uh, And uh, just, you know, really good straight ahead rock and roll. I love these guys. So we were, uh, we were doing something in Lloyd Minster and their show was in Vermilion, which is about maybe 40 minutes away. And they're like, uh, come on the bus come on the bus so I hopped on the bus which is actually it was a school bus <laughs> so it wasn't like we were riding in big comfort I've been on oh, tour buses but never drive this the school bus down the road but yeah there were some drinks being had and, and some fun stories and they're just lo- I love those guys they're awesome they're just good good people well, I'm glad they're still making music and obviously are, yeah. having something new to offer right now yeah Everyone check them out yeah go check them out anywhere you can get music just uh Joshua's <laughs> habit Sweet. I get I get uh, five dollars for every time I say Joshua's habit. <laughs> <laughs> this is paying off. Wow. Uh, but what would you say would be like the lasting legacy that Warren would have left in rock and roll? Um, you know what? I hope people will give would go back in history and just give them another listen. Mm-hmm. If you think they are just one song, they're not. Mm-hmm. They're yes, they are. They are you know, your 80s hard rock band, there's not a lot of depth in some of these songs, but it's just good rock and roll and good fun. Mm -hmm. Listen to 32 Pennies, uh, a great way to kick off the first album. You know, Uncle Tom's Cabin, the crunchiness of that guitar, just, oh, it just blows you away. Mm -hmm. And then top off your night by listening to Heaven 13 times in a row. (laughs) absolutely but but listen to as as much as this might listen to the layer like truly listen to what Janie wrote it is so poetic it really is I love that I don't need to be your superman as long as you will always be my biggest biggest fan fan. like is that like just like I'm getting chills just thinking about that because it's just (laughs) such a great great lyrical song it truly is well I'm glad you told me so much more about them you know I don't think well, we've, I don't know if we've missed some things or not, but. I, we may have. Listen, I'm, I'm in not a, like the authority on Warren. I'm just a fan, just like you. I'm a fan and I love, and I love reading about up on what the bands are up to. And now, and, and I will say I did get an opportunity to meet Eric Turner and I Ooh. forgot to, and I remember when I, when you and I first talked about, I said, Hey, I got, got a chance to meet Eric. He was in Edmonton promoting a brand of wine that he was a part of. And wow. at some sort of wine fest. So we had him come in and when I was at K97. So we had him come in and do an interview and stuff. And so I've got my uh, dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking rich uh, CD thing signed by him. He gave me a signed picture and he gave me a copy of Born Again, the new album. He goes, do you have our new album? I said, no, I haven't got it. He goes, well, here you are. And he signed that for me too. And we got oh, a picture sweet. taken just, a, and I just, I went up to him and I was I try not to be the gushing fan. 
<laughs> you know, because I Pretty am cool. a fan, but also in a professional setting. So you don't want to be that. Oh, I love you guys. I just yeah. said, so I explained to him, like, you know, when I went and moved away from home for the first time and the impact heaven had on me and, and just, I'm like, dude, thank you for getting me through co like college. Like seriously. And he, I mean, he gave me the biggest hug. He's like, Oh man, it's so good to hear that. You know, just, just so it was a very, it was just awesome. One of the highlights of my career was meeting Eric. It was so cool. I love those stories when it turns yeah. out that meeting your meeting your heroes is a great experience. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's not, but I would tell you this majority of time it is. Yeah, I would yeah. say so. And you, you being in radio and you have people come by the studio for things all of the time. They're at work too. So they're going to be yeah. on, they're going to be on good behavior. They, well, some are, some aren't, some don't care. Uh -huh. um, I, there's very few though, that I can tell you that, honestly, that I would look back and go, geez, what a jerk. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, some, but the majority, honestly, are usually just super nice or they're just quiet. You got to remember, these mm -hmm. were not the, you know, most popular kids in school. Yeah. They were kind of the down and outers, the unpopular ones that were honing their skills in the basements with their guitars and stuff. So all That's of a sudden you, you throw them out and they have to be these social butterflies. They don't know how. They just don't know how to do it. Um, so I'm always a little gentle on, on rock people, uh, especially when they're first starting out. It's just like, yeah. you know what, give this guy some space, like give him some time. He's a good guy. Yeah. A lot of them have to have like courses and be taught how to yep. do press and promo and interviews because they are just, it, there's, it makes them so nervous. I watched, uh, just, uh, earlier today, an interview with Pearl Jam right when they first started. And uh, I think that maybe they had the first single out and watching Eddie Vedder and was it Eddie and Stone or Matt, it was Eddie and Matt mm -hmm. were on the couch and they looked like they were so uncomfortable. You would ever think they looked like they were 19 years old, thrust into this big limelight. And all they want to do is just go home and play the guitar. Yeah. You know, it's like, what am I doing here? Like, ugh, like <laughs> they look so awkward. So it just goes to show like, it doesn't matter. Like again, these, rock and rock superstars especially rock and country superstars most of them are just they just they're they're not the most popular people in school they don't have necessarily have those great social skills they have to learn it if they want to be successful you got that's a part of the, the career that you you choose you have to be learn how to be successful at it it's a good way to look at it i didn't really think about that often but it's true it and some true. of them just have that charisma some some do yeah some Star absolutely power. Do. yeah that you just know that they're, they're there to enter. They were born to entertain That's and right. they're doing exactly what they want to do. Well, thank you so much, Scrub, for talking to me You're today. Welcome. My pleasure. Fun. I had tons of fun. I love, I, listen, I, I can talk about anything, especially music. <laughs> well, then love we'll have music. to do it. We'll have to do it again another time. Please. Anytime. Anytime. You've seen the huge list of bands to work with. And if yeah, you well, have one, you can add one too. As long as we talk about the nineties, the primary is primarily where we, it, it bleeds over into the eighties or the two thousands. I'm yeah, okay with that. Okay. okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll figure another one out for sure. I just did one um, with a friend yesterday about pink. And then we realized we're like, pink didn't even put anything out in 1999. It wasn't until 2000 that her this, album came out. I was out. just going to say, I thought 2000, 2001. Yeah. yeah. February, so, 2000. So then we're like, not feel like she's been around longer though. I feel like she was, yeah, because like- It does though, Brittany, doesn't it? Brittany and Christina and all of those ladies were out. Were in the 90s and I kind of- you almost her. Put, yeah, and you almost put her in that same category, like a like almost like a legendary category, right? Like she's- yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. No, I thought she would have been earlier too. Wow. There yeah. you go. So, but we said, you know what? She deserves an episode. We're doing an Absolutely. episode. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. Remember the song? So what? I'm a rock star. Yeah. So yeah. what? Yeah. So what? But we were talking about a lot of where she came from. So that was cool. And how she was discovered, which was what did happen in the 90s. So there you go. Yeah. No, she's awesome. She's awesome. She is. All right. I'm going to go have a late dinner because I got off work. <laughs> right here. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Naomi, my pleasure. Anytime. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, you were wonderful. We'll talk okay. soon. Sounds okay. good. Bye-bye. so much Gruff for being my special guest today next week we're talking to a very lovely lady who was born and raised in Oklahoma and has a fantastic bright future ahead of her as a country artist Allie Colleen is going to be here on the show and her roots go way back way back into the 90s as somebody very important to her her father is a very successful country music star who started his career in the 90s You'll have to come and tune in next week to see who that is. You guys take care. Hey, kids, put down that Tamagotchi and listen for a second. You know, you can follow us on Twitter at Nostalgia Dope, Instagram at Dope underscore Nostalgia. Visit our website at www.dopenostalgia.com or pick up the phone and call us at 780-851-8785. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.